You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today, host of Bill's uh, you know, pre and, uh, pre and halftime show, host of uh, Food for Thought as well. Nate Geary, Nate, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. I'm doing great. Um, the reason I'm doing great is uh, if you were on Twitter today, uh, you might have found out that the New England Patriots are imploding from within. So I don't know how I could be much better. Yeah, no, it's uh, every single person in New England I talk to is like it's an abject disaster right now, offensively yeah. specifically. Um, naming Matt Patricia and, and you know losing Josh McDaniels, I you know couldn't have predicted that and replacing him with two guys who are probably the two worst head coaches in football last year. You know that's definitely always a recipe for success and losing some of your better uh, you know weapons uh, on both sides of the ball, but. Um, I want to quickly start with Mackay Becton. I'm sure as you just saw uh, yeah. as well. Um, the play was a not the best highlight. Mackay Becton seemed to be struggling with the knee. Um, you know, this is a guy that's coming off a missing an entire season, obviously with a knee injury that was supposed to be 48 weeks. Missed the entire season. Off season, obviously was overweight. All the whole nine yards. Gets in great shape. Everyone's pumped. Um, working his way back, and then puts the brace on about two or three days ago. And seemed to be laboring a little bit. And then today, second play team, as everyone already saw, kind of gets his foot caught a little bit and just gets absolutely truck sticked by John Franklin Myers, which, um, you know, it seemed like the Jets, uh, I, I will give Robert Saw a little bit of a hard time here coming out the, and saying it seems like structurally it's fine. It doesn't seem like a big deal. Maybe not the best use of words, just because stuff like this does happen. The Jets got tests done. Uh, it's feared it's much worse. Um, don't want to speculate on what it is, but um, it does look like, you know, could be a potential ACL, MCL type of situation. Um, usually when your foot gets caught in the ground like that, um, obviously, you know, you've watched Mackay back to play as well. How big of a loss do you think for the Jets that would be if he's out? I mean, obviously Dwayne Brown, you know, um, could potentially could be coming in, but still. Yeah, I mean, I think I look at it and it's hard maybe to hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? But, um, you know, I think Joe Douglas was pretty widely – you know, lauded for having a really fantastic draft this, this last year. And part of that draft strategy um, was to believe in the development of Makai Becton. Um, so not drafting a tackle um, and, and kind of sticking to his draft board and going with positions of need um, while believing in his future development. Um, you know, obviously Dwayne Brown uh, this week is, 
you know, meeting with the Jets team, I, I, I would think that's all but a done deal now if it wasn't already. Um, so I, I think for me, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a big blow in terms of this was a really, again, make or break year going into year three of any contract um, is maybe a little, you know, hyperbole. But I think at the same time, I think about, you know, guys like A.J. Epinesa who's a second round pick here in Buffalo, right? Um, really a big make or break season for A.J. Epinesa last year at Oliver going into year three. I tend to, um, you know, watching the Bills development here over the last couple of years, I've sort of subscribed to this thought that year three players are typically that that's the time when a player, if they are going to be elite or they're going to take the step into being a top tier, top five player at their position year threes, when that typically flashes, Josh Allen, um, you know, Gabriel Davis enters that year this year, Dawson Knox last year for the bills kind of has his breakout season. Um, you know, so you start to think about Deion Dawkins, similarly um, for the bills at left tackle, um, I'm trying to think of a couple other, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, I think that some Bills fans are still waiting for that to happen, but Tredavious White really took that step going into year three. It's that time in a player's career where there's really no more excuses. The development is either there or it's not. They've seen enough, um, you know, on-field experience. They've seen, um, they've been put in the fire in these types of situations before. If you don't turn in that elite player by the end of your year three, it's typically not happening for you. So I think this is a tough a tough blow for people that were still kind of holding out hope that he could be now getting moved to right tackle um, that, that elite level bookend on the other side of George fan. Yeah. It's just, it's the Jets in a tough situation. I obviously reported on it or, you know, yesterday, but the Jets met with Dwayne Brown Saturday. He was dead in building Sunday, got physical, met with coaching staff, obviously front office. Um, there's a lot of interest there. The only issue is Dwayne Brown is a left tackle and yeah. George Fan is far better at left tackle than he is at right tackle. Part of the reason George Fan left Seattle is so he could go play, compete to play, you know, um, get away from that. And Dwayne Brown obviously isn't looking to uh, play right tackle as as of two days ago. But at this point, you know, the Jets are going to have to figure something out. His price clearly just went up, though. There is no question about that. Um, kind of want to get a broader, um, you know, kind of Jets perspective. Um, and then we'll hop around the AFC East a little bit. Um, what were your kind of opinion on Zach coming out of year one? Um, did it change at all or, you know, kind of stood steadfast with what you believe pre-draft and, um, you know, through two, three weeks of camp so far and, you know, kind of what you've seen, you know, whatever, um, are you excited to watch him? Are you kind of down on him? Where's kind of, where are you, where's your head at with, uh, with Zach Wilson? Well, I think the important part for Zach Wilson is the continuity. Um, you know, I think that was big for Josh Allen, uh, early in his career, having Brian Dable, having that guy around, having Matt LaFleur, uh, or I'm sorry, Mike LaFleur. Um, you know, same guy in the building, the same voice in his headset going into year two, I think is a big, a big thing, um, for, for Zach Wilson. Here's the thing. I was not surprised that he struggled last year. Um, a quarterback that was coming out of, uh, you know, I, I, I not, it's not a non-power five conference, but you know, the level of competition at BYU, um, is not the same as it would have been in the SEC It's not the same as it would have been, um, in the big 10 or the big 12. So I think for me, like, I, I thought that that was going to be a learning curve for him, but I thought more than anything, it was the style of play for him in college. He was the type of guy that he has the things you can't teach, right? He has those intangibles, the ability to extend plays, throw on the run, um, throw accurately on the run, uh, have those sideline um, type um, you know, I, I, we used to call it in college, you know, there's three levels that you can throw tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, and there are very few quarterbacks in the world, much less the NFL that can make tier one or tier two throws 
20, 25, 30, 35 yards down the field. Josh Allen's one of them. Patrick Mahomes is one of them. I do believe Zach Wilson is one of them. The thing that I think is going to still, at least I think going into year two, I think this is probably somewhere he's really looking to. Um, and, and frankly, throwing with anticipation and being anticipatory thrower, I, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that it can be taught, but I do believe through experience, um, through being in situational football, that allows you to understand when to uncork. A lot of anticipatory throwing is trust. It's believing in the guy that you're throwing to, that he's going to be in the right position um, and trusting what you see on the defensive side of the ball, right? And in and, and the NFL, coming from BYU, playing Houston um, and, and playing some of the Air Force, right? You're not going to see the concepts at that level that you are in the NFL. So part of this is, A, trusting your wide receivers, trust, trusting your pass catchers. B, trusting the offensive line is going to give you the time necessary to get to that to the top of your drop and make a throw with accuracy but three trusting that you aren't being fooled by what the defense is throwing at you right and 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 that's what the nfl and particularly the buffalo bills and micah hyde and jordan player are so good at doing right is is rotating coverage pre to post snap and and that is a really tough thing for young quarterbacks to acclimate to at the next level tom brady does it with with relative ease because he has seen everything there's not a lot you could throw at tom brady to confuse him and i think with zach wilson you know he's still gonna have to work through seeing the game from a pre to post snap perspective that it's not just, Hey, I'm seeing cover three pre-snap, like let's ride. Um, you got to be prepared for the chess pieces to move post snap. And, and I think if that comfort early in the season can come for Zach Wilson, the problem is the Jets schedule is just as unforgiving as it gets to the first six, eight weeks of the season. Um, it's still going to be a trial by fire for him, but I, I'm excited to sort of see the intangible stuff um, with the weapons that I think, listen, I think the Jets really focused um, on adding pieces both to the offensive line. Hopefully, Blakai Becton isn't up for an extended period of time. Um, you know, obviously getting Garrett Wilson, who I think was one of the best receivers in this draft, and I had him as my number two wide receiver in this draft. I liked Brees Hall a lot. Obviously, a lot of people made the connection of potentially could the Bills uh, move up and, and draft Brees Hall or draft him in the first round. They ultimately didn't. Um, and, and obviously, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Elijah Moore, the guy that they got last year. And, and I like what they did to tight end position. I like Ty Conklin a lot. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, and, and uh, CJ Uzoma a lot. So I, I like the pieces that they have in place. I like the continuity in the offensive scheme. The question is going to be is can he trust those three things um, and be a guy that, that plays with more precision, that plays with more timing and anticipation. If he can find that, um, you know, I think there's a real, a real belief in my mind that uh, the Jets could take a step and be, this, be the third place team in this division. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of want to get your – your tape because you see it a lot and I know it's the easy comp now it used to be the paid man had a ton of interceptions his rookie year and everyone was compared to him um weirdly no one really uses the Matt Stafford um one for that and Matt Stafford actually had pretty similar numbers to Zach in terms of like I think he had like nine touchdowns 12 picks and Zach had mm -hmm. nine and 13 or whatever um I mean part of I heard a lot of comps coming out of Zach of um, maybe a little bit different smaller more athletic Stafford in, in terms of that just a, a really good arm and you'll see some stupid turnovers. You'll see some throws that, you know, maybe two, three guys in the NFL can make. Um, but the new one, obviously, is the Josh Allen. Look, he was super inaccurate coming out and looked pretty awful as a rookie. And, um, you know, obviously had that big, had a big jump. You know, everyone kind of forgets there was a, there was a year two jump there too. It was before the year three, you know, nuclear jump to being an MVP uh, candidate. Um, 
is it fair that to expect Zach could take at least a jump the way Josh Allen did into year two, where um, Josh improved a lot of stuff. He didn't, he wasn't this super accurate passer still, but the touchdowns went way up, especially on the ground. I think he was like 28 total touchdowns and 14 or 15 turnovers, but the Bills were able to make the playoffs because everything around him improved. And then obviously going to year three, they get digs and um, they kind of, they were that one piece away where I think the Jets are hoping they can get to that, you know, level where, Maybe they win eight or nine games. They make the playoffs or they don't, whatever. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but they get to the point where they make that one splash move that gets them over the top. Is it fair to expect Zach could at least make that year one to year two Josh Allen leap as opposed to expecting him to be year three Josh Allen right away, which is frankly not going to happen um, for pretty much anybody? I think I am expecting the year two jump, a similar year two jump from for or from Zach Wilson that we saw from Josh Allen. The, the, the thing that, you know, I'll probably hold off on is, is seeing that year two to year three jump. I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams. I think there's gonna be a lot of fan bases that assume that the year three jump from Josh Allen isn't an anomaly. And I'm not here to get to convince people or guarantee that it was an anomaly. I'm just not sure that that's something we just haven't seen it really in NFL history before somebody who, you know, is a, a mid to high level 50% completion percentage guy go from that to MVP caliber. Um, but the thing that I think you can lean on, if you're a, if you're a Jets fan, if you're a fan of Zach Wilson is those extending plays, it's the ability to, um, you know, always sort of be in scramble rules. And, and I think with that mindset, there are things that Zach Wilson will be able to do in the league with the type of skill set he's got at receiver that a lot of other quarterbacks and guys without that skill set at wide receiver will be able to pull off. The question is, is can he have an effective enough running game, which I do believe they've got the pieces and the workhorses back there and Michael Carter, who really I think is going to blossom into a role. And that's kind of where I want to see Zach Wilson maybe um, improve on this year is maybe as it's less about, we know that those extended plays, him holding onto the football and making plays where a lot of guys can't do it are there. And this is, listen, I mean, we're talking about this in year five of Josh Allen drafting of James Cook in wanting to incorporate the running back into the passing game. And Michael Carter is kind of poised to probably have that role. That's not to take anything away from Brees Hall as a pass catcher, who I think comes out of the draft as one of the better pass catching backs right behind James Cook in this up this last draft. But I think understanding, trusting that he does not have to score a touchdown on every single play in the NFL, patience is rewarded. Um, so I think, you know, using Michael Carter, using these running backs in the checkdown game, understanding that, you know, on, on second down, it doesn't always have to be a first down. Give yourself a manageable third down situation um, so that he and the offense are in more third and shorts than they are in third and longs. And I think when those things start to happen on a more consistent basis, I think you will see a similar, uh, at least numbers jump from, uh, from Zach Wilson uh, that we saw from Josh Allen going into that second season. The question will be, um, is there a playoff push in there? And I think in the AFC right now, um, and the questions I still have defensively for the Jets, I, I, I would think that they're probably still a year away from, from really that conversation. Um, but, you know, I've said this before, and I, and I do believe this. Um, you know, I, I think I, if I'm looking at both teams, the Dolphins and the Jets, obviously right now we know Tyreek Hill is one of the best receivers in football. I like Jalen Waddle a lot. Um, so I'm probably taking the Dolphins' top two pass catchers over the Jets just because there's, there's time on task there. Um, but... You know, you'd be hard pressed to, to find me and find other people that 
that wouldn't take the Jets' position of having Zach Wilson over Tua Tungabaila. And, and most people know I'm not a big Tua supporter or oh, a big Tua fan. Um, but, you know, listen, I mean, at the same time, I do believe that Tua is poised to take the step forward this year, at least in the stat category. Uh, but the idea that he's just going to be a, a some kind of take a, a year three Josh Allen step, um, the way that I think a lot of people are expecting Zach Wilson to take the year two step, I, I'm not buying that. I, I, I do think that the, that the Dolphins are going to be in the, find themselves in a position um, like, you know, the Washington Redskins at the time found themselves with Kirk Cousins um, that I do think that that's kind of his ceiling where I do believe Zach Wilson has that Matthew Stafford type ceiling can be a guy that in the right situation and the right offensive coordinator um, could win a lot of games in, in January. So um, ultimately, I, I if I was a Jets fan, you know, and I know that's the one thing that Jets and Bills fans can sort of. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Unite on the front of, listen, we all hate the Patriots, there's no doubt, but um, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities about the, the Dolphins either. So, um, you know, I think we can kind of collectively uh, go hand in hand in saying that, uh, you know, I, I, I think the Jets are in a much better position at the quarterback position right now um, than the Miami Dolphins are. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was just going to kind of get to, you look at, you know, we obviously talked about, we kind of joked about in the beginning, but what's going on in New England is yeah. um, I think a lot of people are still holding on to a few different things. Obviously, look, Bill's one of the best, if not the best to ever do it. And Robert Kraft's one of the best owners in NFL history and X, Y, and Z. And um, there's a lot of great things they've done. And I actually thought Mac was really impressive as a rookie. I mean, I think he's much closer to his ceiling than people want to admit. Um, although, but Mac can still get better. You can still kind of get you know better around the edges, especially, you know, maybe he goes from the, whatever he was the 14th or 15th best quarterback last year to the 12th or 11th. Like, I don't ever think he's going to creep into that top seven, eight, you know, list, but that's why you, the Jets drafted Zach Wilson, right? It was to be able to be, you know, you weren't settling for, uh, Kirk Cousins, which is Kirk Cousins is great. And if he put up any Jets quarterback, if Zach Wilson puts up Kirk Cousins stat line from last year, he will be getting a mega $45 million a year extension as he should. Um, but at the end of the day, um, like the Jets need Zach to play well. He's gotten better every single day at camp. He's improved. He's starting to take the easy throws, the checkdowns, you know, he's completing passes, the running backs. And I know it sounds silly, but last year um, it felt like all the hard things Zach did really well and the easy stuff he couldn't figure out. So, yeah. um, Look, I think the difference with the Jets, which 
you know, I think their advantage over Miami is up front. Um, I think the Jets have got, even without Makai Becton, if they were, you know, whatever it's going to be, Dwayne Brown, somebody else, um, you know, up front, they've got a really expensive, pretty damn good offensive line. They've got a great offensive line coach. Defensively, they've got the second most expensive defense and second most defensive, expensive defensive line in football, um, for that matter. Um, how do you kind of see the AFCs playing out? I think you kind of hinted at it a little bit. Um, you know, where does it, where do the Jets fall, I guess? And also, is is it Buffalo, like, by three, four games in this division? Because I almost feel like every day that goes on throughout camp, like, I almost feel like the Bills could go easily 14 and three. And this division could be a lot of seven and 10 through nine and eight type of type of situation. I do think the, the Dolphins are poised to take a step. Um, I, I am not and have not been a big believer in the Dolphins defense. Um, I, I know that they get a lot of flashy stats and um, a lot of turnovers, but I think they're going to miss Brian Flores way more than they're ready to admit. That was a pressure attacking style defense um, that was really tailor-made for the personnel that they had going to a more, a zone heavier defense that they're going to be going to this year. I don't think you're going to find Xavier Howard having quarterbacks, you know, throw the ball a half second, second earlier, um, like they were over the last couple of years with Brian Flores there and that pressure style defense where they're blitzing, you know, 60, 65, 70% of the time. That's not going to be the case here in Miami this year. So I'm interested to see what that defense looks like when they don't have the help of, you know, six, seven pass rushers at one time. And they're going to rely on, I think, pretty overrated defensive line in general. And I'm not a big Christian Wilkins fan. And um, so I, I, I think overall the dolphins are poised to take that, to take that leap. Now, whether that's nine wins, 10 wins, I think that's probably their cap, their limit. They could push for a wild card, but the AFC is just so loaded. I'm not sure there's two, there's two playoff teams in this division. Here's what I'll say about the bills is I think the bills very well, might have the best defensive line in football. And I know that, you know, there are teams that might have higher quality players. The bills from one to eight, one to nine are the deepest defensive line that I've seen in my time covering the bills, which is, you know, running on six years, but I've been a fan of the team for, you know, my entire life. And, and, and in the time, I simply cannot remember when they had you know, off the bus Hall of Famer and Von Miller, who's still really playing at a very high level. Da Daquan Johnson or Daquan Jones, I'm sorry, the interior coming over from Tennessee finally solidifies their one technique position that they've really been waiting for to really release Ed Oliver and to really maximize his skill set. I think they have two of the better, if not two of the five best penetrating pass rushing three techniques in the league in Ed Oliver and, um, and, and Jordan Phillips. And I think everyone is going to know who Gregory. So is after this season, the guy is absolutely yoked and cut up. Um, he is learning from Von Miller, how to be a quicker, uh, be a guy with a plan at the line of scrimmage and, 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 and save some of his moves for late in the game and, and understand it and use the, the, the moves of the offensive line against them. So I'm, I might not be more excited about a player on the bills than Gregor Rousseau right now from the camp he's having. So um, with that defensive line, taking the step that it is, I think their offensive line will stay similar. Um, and I think Gabriel Davis is bound for a big, big season. I think to your point, you know, I could see them winning 13, 14 games, no doubt. Um, but they're going to have to get through a really tough stretch in the first six weeks. And as for the Jets, yeah, I, I do think that they slot um, kind of uh, maybe even comfortably into that third position. Um, I'm, I'm just not convinced. You know, I think a lot of people in 2020 after the Patriots went on that, that spending spree that, by the way, no one else did that in the 2020 offseason, knowing that the cap the next year was going to remain flat. They went out, they spent to the cap, and they overpaid for Nelson Aguilar and for, for Kendrick Bourne, um, for, for John U. Smith. John has been if, awful. And if you remember, Will, 
he was named executive of the year after that year. And it was not for the quality, but rather the quantity of moves they were able to make, the amount of money. They spent more in free agency than any NFL team has ever done in NFL in NFL history in one offseason. And I think a lot of those moves have prohibited them from making quality moves this year when they needed a move at the offensive line position. Instead of trading Shaq Mason, you're extending Shaq Mason. And right now from reports in camp that, yeah, you know, the offense is struggling and is it, you know, is it uh, Matt Patricia? I think a lot of it is that they have a below average offensive line. Um, so I think for me, the Patriots are likely going to finish last in the AFC. I like, again, I, I, I want to reiterate, I really do like what the Jets have done. Um, I thought that that draft was clinical. I'm a big fan of Joe Douglas. I believe he's been, um, he's the kind of personnel guy um, that, you know, ultimately ends up being the kind of moving draft that you take your franchise from being a, a sort of perennial middling ground or perennial loser um, to a team that can start competing for playoff spots. So yeah, I, I think it goes Bills, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots. And, and I think I can lock that in pretty, uh, pretty close right now. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would tend to agree with you. I think the, the variables that'll be variables that'll kind of change that. Frankly, if Tua gets hurt, I'm not sure the drop-off is that big as we've seen in the past. Um, I think if Zach Wilson takes, if Zach Wilson plays like the guy people thought coming out or even close to not his ceiling, obviously, but get, you know, takes a bigger than, you know, bigger than average step. Um, I think the Jets could push for a second. I also think there's a world in which Zach isn't very good. And, you know, the Jets have a bunch of injuries and they're still young and that beginning of stretch is tough and they end up fourth. Like it's hard to tell, but I, I guess we'll kind of finish with this. Um, you know, Toronto, Arm by the way, Toronto Armstead's going to likely not play 17 games because that's nope. not what he does. Um, Tua gets hurt every year. And they, I'm not convinced yeah. Connor Williams is like some sort oh, of no, pro center. I, I mean, mean, he was pretty, pretty high on the penalty list last year. And uh, he, was, he was benched at, at, a, at a couple of points at, at left guard, by the way. He's never played center in the NFL. Um, so walk, I, I think that 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 is not a talked about enough point. I love the, the point you made about Armstead. I'm a fan of Armstead. Um, I just think at this point in his career, he has yet to really string together a full season healthy. Um, add in the fact that they changed two pieces of the worst offensive line that I think I've ever seen. Um, they made AJ Epinesa look like an all pro player last year in week two, week three. Um, and he was never heard from again for the rest of the year. Um, so I think for me, that offensive line improved marginally. Um, but I'm not convinced that it, it improved enough for that offense to, to, and here's the thing, right? Like, I know you, you're, you're on Twitter a lot. And so am I like, I know we keep seeing all these highlights of Tua dropping in the bucket and so on and so forth. And that's great on seven on seven. That's great on 11, 11, when he can't get hit, when you've got Von Miller, when you've got Carl Lawson, um, when you've got Matthew Judon staring you down um, and has a free and clean shot. Um, you're not going to have time to sit back there and uncork a, a 50 yard rainbow. Um, you're going to have to make decisions on the fly. You're going to have to, you know, and, 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 and I say this too, is a guy like sauce Gardner, a guy like Trey white, Kyrie Elam. Um, when, when teams are going to play press man against them and have bracketed coverage over the top, he's going to be forced to make window throws with pressure in his face and 18 attempts last year of, of, of throws 25 yards down the field. And Dolphins fans will be the first to tell you that he had one of the best quarterback rate ratings of any quarterback with deep throws down the field, except for the fact that he had the third fewest deep ball attempts of any quarterback in football. So um, I think that there is a uh, sort of a reckoning coming there on that offensive line. I just don't think they did enough uh, to surround Tua with enough 
talent on that offensive line to keep him upright. And he's the kind of guy that has to stay upright. He's fragile. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see, obviously. And I, I think we're all assuming Mike McDaniel is going to be a rock star when in sure. reality, when he might be, he's but never, um, called, plays. He's never, he's called, never plays, called plays, let alone let a locker room. And I know right. a lot of the, the fun quotes and quirkiness and a little bit different, you know, he's a little bit different than your traditional Sure. Hey, coach, I understand that, but I also think there's an adjustment period. Look, Robert Sala was the sought-after candidate a year ago, and it took him, you know, yeah. eight to ten weeks to kind of start to figure it out a little bit. And there's no no shot at him. It's just this is what happens. It's the NFL. It's hard. It, you know, when you've never been a head coach before, um, it's it's just it's brutal. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see I also think, too, last thing, Will, um, is – and I mentioned Brian Flores. I think that people – greatly underappreciated and disrespected um, how good of a coach Brian Flores was in Miami. And I'll even wear that a little bit too. I To get two winning seasons out of that team, um, doing what he did, swapping in and out Tua for, listen, he saw the force of the trees with Tua. He understood that that was not a guy they could win with at the moment. That's why they went to Fitzpatrick. So I think for me, they're going to miss Brian Flores more than I think that they're ready to admit. And, 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 you know, I think he'll be an NFL coach again um, sometime in the near future. But I, I, I think more than anything, Brian Flores is a damn good NFL coach. And, you know, I, I think it's, trust me, that offense, the Chad O'Shea dual offensive coordinator situation was, it was a mess. There's no doubt about it. That's probably ultimately one of the reasons he was fired is he could not fi- figure out the offensive coaching situation and, and surround himself with competent coaching. But, I, I think overall as a head coach and, and situational football um, and particularly on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to miss Brian Flores much more than they think they will. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I was just scrolling through my Giardi friend of the show was like his tweet, Mac Jones, three completions, threw one away, took a sack, had another throw broken up, not one completion beyond 10 yards, second set, two sacks, um, not good. Sh- shot, put it a ball into the face of more pressure to another two incompletions due to miscommunication. Um, when you try to buy at the dollar store, when you need to surround yourself a quarterback with stuff from Bloomingdale's, this is what happens. Um, the Jets have found that out the hard way. The Patriots have great, you know, they've had a great defense for a long time. It, I just, I have a hard time believing um, that, you know, look, I said this, the Jets have no excuse this year. If they cannot win a game against New England, like I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Yeah, so, when it'll happen. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. As great as 2010 the playoffs was, that was 12 years ago, so um would like to see that stuff change but obviously again appreciate you you know you hopping on um obviously make sure you guys are following nate on on twitter uh please make your sports um you know obviously covers covers the bills um obviously food for thought podcast as well so um really fun follow on twitter if you like hearing if you like nate getting into it with some uh to his trainer um it's a it's a fun uh it's a fun thing to have happen and here's the thing here's the thing you know I, i think for a long time especially during like the 2015 drought bills or well, pri- yeah, 2015 and prior, you know, I think jets were sort of public enemy number one, because they were kind of the same level as the bills that like, like the Fitzy and Tyrod battles. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately I, I, I there's a, not a lot to hate about this jets team and this organization. Again, I'm, I'm a big fan of Joe Douglas. I like Robert Sala a lot as a coach and um, hard not to root for Zach Wilson. I, I think he's the kind of guy he's got the, the kind of, the kind of arm talent from an entertainment value and perspective, 
Um, there's a lot to like about this Jets team. So uh, you won't find me uh, crapping on the Jets as much as I crap on the Dolphins. Here we go. It's uh, obviously appreciated. Again, make sure I'm here as phone Nate. We'll be back. Um, you know, this will be dropping tonight. And then tomorrow, Mike Westhoff, Todd will be dropping. Um, got some you know exciting stuff coming out Thursday and Friday. Um, and I'll be at Camp Wednesday for anybody um, looking for some updates and stuff there. Um, everything else, um, you know, again, make sure you guys are following, subscribe, the whole nine yards, you know, leave a review. Everyone likes to say my voice is very soothing. So we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep rolling with that one and and go from there. But I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later.